With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3, Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Appreciate you being here as always. Good Monday, everybody. We're still live, even though we're live from the house today. But uh, nonetheless, moving swimmingly. Unfortunately, an update sees Florida leading big over Texas Tech. And uh, you guys are keeping me updated on. It's funny how hated Tom uh, Oklahoma has become in softball. It, it doesn't take long uh, for a program to dominate and then to have an annoying coach to get hated. Yes, it takes about five seconds of one interview. As I found out a couple of years ago when we used to run these games, uh, the Westwood One affiliate, and within <laughs> two seconds of the pregame interview, because I was running the board, I said, no, this is just not going to work. Oh, man. So it's 2-2. Uh, runners on first and second with two out. A nice play by the shortstop to flag down a weak line drive that could have scored the lead run for Stanford. Bottom six, Stanford's the home team in the game, 2-2. Two to two. So looking for some two-out magic. A reminder that tonight Florida State takes on Tennessee. Tennessee 51-9 and nine on the year. Florida State 57-9. and nine. 7 o'clock ESPN fun times. We'll be watching just after dinner. And if, big if, let's hope it doesn't happen. If Florida State were to fall, game two tonight around 9.30-ish. So it will be a late night if Florida State falls. It has to play a second game. Let's uh, let's hope that doesn't happen. Let's just take care of business, buddy. It's going to be hard enough to probably have to beat Oklahoma uh, anyhow. So at this point, you know, yeah, did we, you don't see- wanna, we don't want extra extra games weighing on our nerves. So the one thing that happened uh, with Tennessee and Oklahoma in the winner's bracket was that Tennessee went with their third starter against yeah. Oklahoma. They've got two aces. They went with their third starter because, according to the head coach, 
velocity is what trips up the Sooners more than anything else. They had somebody who could throw 75, which is absurd in softball. They get down three to nothing because that's what Oklahoma does. And Tennessee's head coach did not replace the pitcher with one of the aces. They conceded and said, we'll just have to do this from the loser's bracket side. Very interesting strategy when even if you were to make it out after losing Oklahoma in that game, you'd probably have to play him again. You may as well take your best shot when you have him on the field at the same time, but that's what Tennessee decided. Well, to do. I, maybe not at three to nothing at three to nothing. They're like, we ain't coming back. This, yeah. <laughs> we're not coming back in this game. I'm going to take my ass kicking and roll my next two best players out there in this game against Florida state and hope to steal it. The one thing I will say about Oklahoma is uh, their team culture is apparently showboating as, as though they've never won a thing ever in their life. They are um, very interesting with the, with the post-play stuff. It's uh, Francisco Rodriguez-like everywhere on the diamond. It's uh, okay. Do you remember, obviously, the promo that uh, we had at ESPN uh, based on my assertion that uh, I got tired of watching women congratulate other women after striking out looking with two runners on and nobody out? That that was very commonplace. That's okay. That's all right. That's how the promo began. And it's true that did exist for a very long time. Now, the game has continued to rise up and become far more entertaining and athletic than it used to be. So there's less of that. But there has not been any slight on the amount of fun the women have on the bases, in between the lines, in the dugout, after they score, before they score, after an at-bat, before an at-bat. Before a pitch, hell, we do it just wandering around the infield for hours on end after a strikeout or a pitch. It's annoying. I wish it would stop. It kind of sucks. I think it looks a little different from this Oklahoma team, though. I mean, it's a base hit that scores the first run of the game. It looks like Shooter McGavin when he makes the final putt and Happy Gilmore just walking around, going crazy, jumping up and down. Right. Florida State is a little more together. It's more about... I think it's more about the collective. They're always pointing at each other and saying, you did it. No, you did it. It's, oh, get it, out of here. You it's did it. It's all a bit much. It's all a bit much. Let's just move it along. I don't disagree with you. It's an out. You got an out. Yeah. Let's get the next one. Right. I, I also think, by the way, just so people don't think I'm being completely sexist here, I find it annoying no matter who's doing it, men or women. I find it not the old man kind of way. Like when people score touchdowns, I got no problem celebrating. It's hard to score touchdowns. You got to work hard. And oftentimes, take a lot of abuse to score a touchdown. You score, spike it, talk about it, have some fun with it. That's all right. You don't have to do it after a first down. Yeah. After a touchdown, that's fine. Also, I don't mind the fun that they have in Major League Baseball coming off the field in the dugout where they'll do the silly things like the Pirates now when they win or hit a home run, they'll pull out the sword, you know, they're swashbuckling. It's pretty cool. It makes me laugh. By the way, the Pirates swept the St. Louis Cardinals over the weekend, and they can suck it. There you go. If you had first hour as the over-under, you lost. It took a little longer than I would have thought. It was a plus 150 on outside of the first hour for that mention. No, yeah, that's okay. Just a little sweepage there for St. Louis while they go ahead and wallow and dead-ass last in the division while the Pirates sit in first. It's okay. It's okay. Just let you know. Uh, it, was, it was a beautiful moment this weekend. I think all of baseball probably teared up a little bit and cheered the Pirates taking out the Cardinals. As we all know, what a horrid and angry and silly organization the Cardinals are with that fan base. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Uh, anyhow, back to my point here about the, uh, the celebrating. I, I get equally annoyed at, uh, at college and pro uh, basketball players who 
brick a free throw and then immediately slap five with everybody in the lane and the guy behind him. No, man. No, there's no reward for you throwing up a brick from the free throw line. I need you to make that free throw. And you don't get congratulations for back ironing that thing, man. Let's go. Get up there and concentrate. Clearly, you need to concentrate more. You don't need to worry about slapping my hand. You need to get a little bit more focused on release rotation splash, okay? You've got the dexterity to hit 47% against a six foot ten closeout. But, you know, we're hitting 72% from the free throw line, and supposedly that's good. You know, like but we, they do, they do it. Like you'll notice, like in college and pro, they miss a free throw, and then it's kind of like slapping. Five. I'm like, no, man, I'm not slapping you five. I get in trouble. People be mad about me. Don't do it. Yeah. And no, you can't bat flip for walks. A walk is yeah. nice. Yeah, correct. Uh, this reminds me. Remember the Brewers from about five, six years ago? Everybody yeah. on that team. Pitched. Oh, that most. That was almost a more hateable team for me than the Cardinals, which is saying something. Oklahoma got out of the inning, and uh, now they've got a leadoff double. And, uh, yes, the celebration is raging for six seconds at second base for the leadoff double. Just, guys, save yourself the trouble of daring to dream that Oklahoma's going to lose this game. They're not. They're not going to lose this game. They're going to win this game. Stop caring. Stop investing. OU will win this game. This is what they do. And they're going to look surprised as a, I can't believe we're doing this. Oh, well, and also, Tom, don't forget the world was against them. <laughs> well, what they're trying to do is prove to Patty, well, you know, if they're worthy to be an Oklahoma Sooner, much like Coach K on his deathbed. Can't wear the Duke uniform. Get out of my sight. Take off the jerseys. No. <laughs> go to Champ Sports and go get some blank jerseys. You don't deserve to wear the Duke crest. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so that's it. Yeah, no, it's it's funny. Uh, I don't know when it happened years ago while we're talking about annoying things athletes do, um, but somehow this idea that everybody is against you, no matter who you are, is also one of the worst trends in sports, men or women, pro or college. Stop it. Kirby Smart out here trying to tell people how they just wanted to prove to everybody that they were great, that they were – man, stop. Stop. Nobody ever thought you weren't awesome. We all saw Georgia play this year. Nobody doubted they were awesome. Go to hell with that nonsense. Stop doing that. All people who do that, post-game quarterbacks, linebackers, coaches, shut up. Nobody's sitting around doubting you. It's also true that, you know, you've heard the phrase, right? People who worry about what other people think of them should consider that nobody's thinking of them. Because that's true. Nobody's thinking about you. They're not thinking about me. They're not thinking about anybody but themselves. We all got a gazillion problems we got to deal with on an hourly basis. Ain't nobody worried what Tom Lang's doing on a Monday afternoon at his house. He's just going about his business just like I'm going about my business. I'm just rolling over to one of five Tallahassee area Zaxby's locations, going to get some <laughs> food. You know, that's if you ever want to know what I'm doing, that's what I'm doing right there. That's that's the kind of fun and games I have. <laughs> Anytime is the right time, Tom Lang, for a Zaxby's platter. As long as you're hungry, buddy, feed your team with your choice of traditional or buffalo fingers or boneless or traditional wings. Either one. That's what Tom's doing. You're having trouble deciding. Get the best of both worlds with a sampler platter. That's probably the best bet. But you decide. You go and figure it out. Don't forget that world-famous sauce. Satisfy your chicken craving with Zaxby's platters. Your Tallahassee Zaxby's, a proud Golden Chief booster for over 18 years. And go Knowles. There it is.
Yeah, so that's what it is. That's what it is. Nobody thought, was thinking that you couldn't win. Nobody was really worried about you, whether or not you were getting enough credit or not enough credit or too little credit or whatever the kind of credit you think you're owed. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Just go win. Use something else as motivation. It's actually very political in nature. Create this other thing that doesn't exist as the as the boogeyman and then beat the boogeyman. So right. You, now you've done something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gino. And, and by the way, Life Spectator, you did a good job there. More like smarmy Gino and UConn women's hoops. It's true. They've they've done it before. I remember back in the day when when UConn and Tennessee played every day. It was the only two teams playing women's college basketball. Everybody else was like a club team, as I call them. And then they would meet each other in the final four or whatever after thoroughly vanquishing the rest of the NCAA tournament by a combined 790 points. And they would get in there like, well, this is an opportunity to prove to all the doubters wrong. Doubters. Who is right. you're the only two teams that play competitive women's basketball? You don't realize how hard it is to win a championship. Well, yeah, I, I'm sure it is. Uh, for any team not named UConn, Tennessee, or South Carolina, or Notre Dame of late, or LSU of late, I'm sure it's very difficult. Now, I would like us to be in the position that Oklahoma is. Oh, where every year we are sitting as they are and saying, This isn't good enough, this is not up to standard. But that's Oklahoma's decided to be great at softball, and my God, are they. Oh, they're awesome at it. And when you recruit the best class in all of softball, year in and year out, and you stockpile those classes, it is a stunning result if you do not win. That's all anybody sitting around watching is like, well, will they lose? Because uh, it's going to be hard to lose with the, all of the best players. <laughs> I mean, it's it's true. When you watch some of these teams, you're like, come on, man. Uh I have tried this question a couple of times. Maybe adding some bones to it will help. Oh, no, no, I didn't mean – I don't, you, you don't ever have to do that. I want to hear your guys' thoughts of the XFL rule changes and what you would like to see in NCAA football. I like the onside kick change. I do too, William, and I'm sorry I didn't notice your question. I wasn't waiting for you to give us money. I appreciate that you did, and thank you. Tom just flashed it up on the screen here, and I realized that I – had somehow overlooked it. I don't always pay attention to the chat while I'm conducting the show. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. That's true. I don't always look at it because I don't want to get distracted. And I don't want it, you know, that to kind of dictate terms. I do look at it a little bit more than I uh, do in the fall. So in the summer months, you have a better chance of getting your question answered. It is a slower time, admittedly, and we don't try to pretend otherwise. So, yeah, I would, I would happily... Uh, answer your question. So you bring up a larger point that is fun to talk about. I don't care anything about the XFL. I don't care anything about the USFL. I don't care anything about non-NFL or non-college football. All the other leagues put together, arena football, the American Football League, the XFL, the USFL, all these leagues that have come out have all been largely failures, save for the first USFL that Donald Trump ruined. Now, outside of that, None of these leagues have been all that interesting to me, and none of these leagues have been all that interesting to a lot of people because they fold pretty quickly due to a lack of uh, participation mainly with dollars and tickets sold. But what every one of these leagues have done mm -hmm. and done a real good job of is tried to be innovative regarding certain rules, certain aspects of the game that could be approved upon. For example, the two-point conversion. For example, certain aspects of overtime rules that have been later on enveloped by both college and pro football. Yes, the special team stuff that they have done now is really good. I really like what they've done with kickoffs in the XSL or was it the USFL? I don't know. One of those two leagues. 
Yeah, and it's the XFL. It's the 35 to 30. Like- yes, that is fantastic because it allows you to incorporate an aspect of the game that we all thoroughly enjoyed but also realize is very, very dangerous and where the vast majority of catastrophic injuries in the game occur, like broken necks, like severe concussions, like compound fractures. So what do we do to avoid that? Well, we don't split them apart by 40 yards and tell them to charge into one another uh, as fast as they can. Instead, we shrink that distance, but we still allow the athleticism and talent and strategy that is used from a kick returner to make an impact on the game. And I like that. And so, yes, to answer your question, William, I do think it's a great idea to, uh, to look at those rules that these breakaway leagues start and utilize because sometimes they're very effective and sometimes they're more interesting than what is the status quo. Yeah, here's the thing I'd say. So that rule for onside kick in the XFL is 15 yards. You yep. could choose basically a fourth and 15 play instead. Yep. And that's from the fourth quarter and on. I think 15 is way too generous, I, that, especially in college. I think fourth and 15 can be picked up far more often than an onside kick if you're just looking at probability. I agree, and it does, yes. yes. It's got to be fourth and 20, fourth and 25. It's got to be a real long shot. Because otherwise, you would just choose that all day, and they might. Well, even- I think most teams would. Um, I think most teams would choose this uh, all day. I I don't know, man. I I think fourth and twenty is probably easier to pick up than getting an onside's kick. I think fourth and twenty-five might be easier than uh, picking up an onside's kick. The percentage of onside kicks that are executed properly and 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 win possession is very slim i don't know i i would it'd be interesting to see what those numbers bear out i feel like and this is just going solely on memory not i don't have the numbers in front of me but i think it's somewhere between three and five percent that is successful an onside kick it's three and a hundred or five out of a hundred so you could find the yardage that would match that uh in terms of fourth down down and distance for college in the pros, I think 15 to 20 is probably fair. But just the way the college game is, the way it's it's spread out, and some of the things you can do with the offensive line, I get that you're not going to run the ball in that situation. But it's just I think there's a lot more leeway that you have with the collegiate rules. Also, relative skill sets in college, there's more disparity that I think you probably need to be a, a larger amount. Uh, outside of that, in the XFL, though, I, I don't know. They don't do – anything spectacular like they have a rule with punting that if you touch back and a punt it comes out to the 35 that's no that's dumb but i'm glad you're right for the for the experimentation purposes i'm glad these leagues try these things out uh the onside kick rule is about it i'd maybe touch overtime and move it back to the 40 or something like that in college but that's not what the xfl does i just think the 25 is kind of dumb it's too close too close rules and replay are great in the xfl writes ron my man and yes, Tom, it should be fourth and 25. After working the whole season, I saw more teams get it than miss it. Uh, yeah, fourth and 15 is very achievable, uh, especially in a league that is hell-bent on promoting offense. So the rules are in favor of the offense over the defense. The talent, especially in the XFL, is not nearly as elite as it is in the NFL. So your chances of seeing a bust or having a play made by somebody on the offense with the rules bent in their favor uh, and a quarterback who can hardly be touched. Yes, I, I would, I would say that's true. You got to move it back further. I like that option though. I will tell you, I wish the NFL would adopt something like that. A fourth and 22, a fourth and 19, a fourth and whatever it might be where you could choose it. I think it'd be cool. Um, I'd be fine with that. And, uh, you know, I, 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 listen, 
there have been, I'm, I'm forgetting some of them, but there have been a bevy of rules that have been adopted from these other leagues. There's no doubt that they've served the purpose in that way. They really have. Yeah, every time we talk about uh, college football in any facet these days, all I think about is seeing the Florida State helmet and the LSU helmet on the same field in Orlando. It's it's such a strange place to be that on June 5th, I've got the College World Series on here in my double monitor, so I've got that just to see what what's happening with Stanford and Oklahoma. And it looks like it's going to be tied into the bottom of the seventh because Stanford got out of it. But all I can think about anytime the sports come up, college football, pro football, is what are we going to look like that night? What are we going to look like in week four against Clemson? I, you can't shake it. The War Chant Top 40 has me thinking about it. I haven't been this excited. Last year's game was cool. Couldn't wait to go to New Orleans, but I thought of it more as an event than I did a, the, the way I would think about a game that opened up against Alabama in Atlanta six years ago or the way that we opened up against Pitt with Jameis Winston making his first start on the road. This game has this gravitational pull that of every 10 sports thoughts I have these days, maybe four of them are about this game specifically and how it's going to play out in Orlando. Uh, of all of the openers, we got to take a break and I can think on it a little bit more. Um, of all of Florida State's openers, um, I'm trying to think of the one that captured my imagination more than uh, than this one. Um, it's It's been a long time. That Alabama game, everybody had a lot of excitement around. But if you remember, Tom, I didn't like that game. I didn't want to play that game. I got I angered the fan base when I said we ought not be playing that game. Uh, and I actually thought we'd get blown out in that game. Now, we didn't. Yeah. And had uh, DeAndre Francois not gotten hurt, uh, maybe maybe we would have upset Alabama, a bit of a mild upset that year, perhaps. Um, but but the bottom line was I didn't like anything about that game because I didn't like our chances. This is very different. This this feels very, very different uh, for us currently. I also was one of the first people on the Jimbo has lost control of the program. We're fading into the abyss um, before most people recognized it. Yes. I, I'm going to give myself that credit. Yeah, no, that's correct. 2016, you were already on that train. Yeah. Uh, before yeah. the Louisville game, before the Louisville game happened, you said something's wrong. Oh, I could tell it was something was wrong, and I thought we'd get killed by Louisville, and I said that to you on the air, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And you didn't say Jimbo should be fired in 2016, but you're like, I, I don't – something's up, man. I, I don't like this. There's something – there's a squeakness in the machine, and I don't know where it's coming from, but that's the thing about the Alabama game the next year and that injury was it kind of expedited the process that we needed to go through because it, it had – the, the rot had already set in in the program. It was already too late but it helped push Jimbo out the door. He stopped recruiting probably about five seconds after that game was over, and Kevin Sumlin blew it against UCLA. I think it was that same weekend, or was it the next weekend? Uh, it was that massive comeback, yeah. Remember yeah. that? That was crazy, and I remember we all realized in the moment, well, the door is open. Yeah, exactly. Now, we had to go through an entire signing uh, class or uh, of hell, meaning like, if you're a freshman at Florida State in 2017 or 2018, you never saw a damn bit of anything on the football field, and you are now in your professional life, and that sucks for you. And that was a long time, but we needed to go through that. We could have chosen better with the first head coach, but we needed to go through that process, and it feels like this kickoff is the bookend. It is the back cover of that book uh, that started with 
the pace yeah. for Alabama. It just feels like you have now made it to the other side, and that's, I think, probably why I'm so excited to go attend this game. This game, if you can win it in back-to-back years, we know what LSU has done in terms of recruiting. We know of their recent successes. We understand that Brian Kelly is a good football coach, and he's had the year to get adjusted. He won the West, played in the SEC title game. This would be an amazing accomplishment for Florida State to resoundedly announce, resoundingly announce their return with authority. If you win that game back-to-back, years um you know you can't fluke your way into beating a team with that much talent you have to have something of uh merit going on with your own program in terms of the depth of talent and 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 where you're at and yeah i i think each day is another chance to uh to add to that reality i think there are a lot of people still saying prove it out there and this game could do exactly that jeff cameron show 93.3 real talk radio and war chant tv Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply what's up guys our next partner that you're going to hear from is athletic greens you've heard me talk about athletic greens in the past happy to talk about them again i take athletic greens every day And I gave them a try because certainly I wanted more energy, sustained energy. I wanted to support my immune system. I don't like taking pills and vitamins per se. And I wanted something that tasted good too. And the first time I tried it, I was very surprised. Uh, It had an appreciable effect on my energy levels. And also, uh, over time, you'll note that it, uh, it helps your skin, your hair, your nails. I don't have a lot of hair, but if I did, I bet I could feel that. I bet I could tell. It's a comprehensive health uh, habit and uh, it is a, a powerful one at that. AG1 is great for recovery. Uh, that's athletic greens. And uh, I, I take mine basically when I wake up every morning. I don't have to worry about it because you get all the nutrients that you want. It's the best way to ensure that you're going to get all of your vitamins. It's a carbon neutral business, by the way, if that's important to you. It is to a lot of people, and that's good to know as well. I would also note that uh, it is a comprehensive solution to what you need from a supplement routine. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Helps me out, guys, if you use that. Not financially, but it lets them know that you heard this ad on my show. And I do take it, and I am vouching for them because I enjoy their product. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Check it out. I think you'll note the difference in your life with a simple drink each and every morning to start your day. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. 
good thing. We will welcome in, in mere moments, my good friend, Ira Chaffel, and we will talk all things Florida State. By the way, speaking of which, uh, the uh, the Monday smash is uh, tonight at a special time. I think it's 6 o'clock, in fact. Uh, all right, let's do it right now. Let's welcome him in. Ira Chaffel, Warchant.com. Hello, Ira. How are you, brother? I'm great, Jeff. How you doing, man? Doing good. Are you watching the TV at the exact same time that we're talking right now to see if Oklahoma gets upset by Stanford? I am not. I actually uh, got an update a little while ago, but I don't have it on right in front of me. Do you have it on in front of you? I don't have it on in front of me. I'm about to get yelled at. I should probably do that, but I didn't want to get distracted. And I know that it was it's two to two and they're in the bottom of the seventh. And I'm yes. thinking to myself, could this happen? Could this be a real thing? I, I know how popular Oklahoma softball is with everybody. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I'm surprised Stanford scored, to be honest with you, just watching these teams. Stanford's, they've got some really good pitching and defense, but not much offense. Um, yeah, obviously, Florida State, you'd love to see Stanford as opposed to Oklahoma, but but Oklahoma's awesome, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if they get there. And then even Florida State's going to have a tough time getting through, honestly, Tennessee. the semifinals. Tennessee is very good, and uh, so that'll be a tough test, too. Tennessee tonight at 7 o'clock. Reminder to everybody, that game is on ESPN. If if for some reason Florida State were to lose, they'd play again at 9.30 tonight or thereabouts. So obviously hoping that uh, we don't have to stay up too late on the edge of our seat. That's not good. That's not conducive to sleeping well, Ira. Can't have all that. It was a lot of fun over the weekend, though, with the Washington game. And, uh, you know, Florida State has found ways to uh, make all of this become all the more popular. You noted it the last time you were on the show when we were talking about when you were over there covering just how much fun this softball team is and how it's been embraced. And when they win like this and they win in dramatic fashion, uh, they, they become all the more lovable. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a fun product. I mean, I think the, you know, look, it's been cool to see uh, the respect that they've gotten out from TV. You know, I think uh, yesterday uh, and over the weekend, some of the games that were on ABC, they weren't on, uh, you know, ESPN2 or whatever, while you've got baseball regionals happening. And obviously the softballs at the World Series, so they're further along, but it's cool that, you know, they're getting the respect of being on network television. And a lot of these baseball regionals are on ESPN or all the, the different affiliates uh, in the network. So uh, it's cool. I think fans are embracing the sport. Florida State plays a real fun way, uh, fun brand of softball. And that dramatic win the other night with Josie Muffley jumping out of the stadium to make that catch. Uh, it's been it's cool, man. It's been a really cool experience. I, I, you know, you don't want to see it end, so you'd like to see them uh, get as far as they can get. I jumped as high as she did off of my couch when she made that catch. The whole family did. We were all, it was like a whole family thing in the Cameron household watching the end of that game, man. Off the bat, you're thinking, oh no, right? Yeah. I mean, like you did, when she, when the ball gets hit, I don't know if anybody's thinking, oh yeah, Muffley's going to have a play on that. Well, I, I yelled double play. That's how good oh, I, there you go. I yelled double play. As soon as it hit the bat, I went, double them up. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm kidding. Sure. I didn't yell that. But I was really, really pleased that it happened. Uh, you know, that said, I, I do want to ask you quickly, um, what year was it that you broke into uh, – well, broke into being a professional journalist and covering uh, Florida and the rest of college football? Wow. As a student, it was 1991. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought it was, Ira, because I've known you long enough. And I'm just thinking today, Tom and I gave reflections on, uh, I thought if you were to name two Florida State former players, not name Deion Sanders, if you had to say to yourself, okay, how many names would you name before you name these two for the College Football Hall of Fame from the list of great players at Florida State? You wouldn't name but one or two, like, Charlie Ward, Dion, and 
boom, Warwick done. Maybe Charlie Ward, Dion, Derek Brooks, in no particular order, right? Before you said Warwick done or Peter Warwick, it, it doesn't take long. Yeah, you know, it's one of those where when I knew when the uh, the ballot came out this morning and I saw those two names on it, I knew the first response from everybody was like, what do you, what do you mean they're not in the Hall of Fame? How are they not in the Hall of Fame already? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's a way that's a I don't know, man. I don't know it's what the solution process. is for the College Football Hall of Fame, because on the one hand, you want it to be selective, right? Right. You don't you know, I think the thing that everybody loves about the Baseball Hall of Fame is it is very selective. But on the other side. There have been so many incredible co- – I mean, look at the other people on the list of this ballot. I mean, there's just Derek Thomas. I mean, it's just one dude after another, after another, after – they're all, like, incredible players, and none of them are in the Hall of Fame either. It's uh, – I don't know what they can do to kind of expedite the process and get some of these guys in the Hall of Fame. Otherwise, people are going to be dead and never find yeah. out that they made it into the <laughs> Hall of Fame, man. I think it's stupid. Listen, you have – so many more teams in college football, right. Ira. I mean, think about how many teams play. It's crazy. You should lump in 50 to in a given year till we get caught up that make it in. I'm not trying to water it down either, but here you go to your point, okay? So we're talking about people that were consensus All-Americans, most of the time multi-time consensus All-Americans. They were first-team All-American by all recognized publications in some cases. That makes them unanimous All-Americans. So so here you go. You ready? I'm going to start saying names. I did this with Tom earlier, and as you well know, Ira, Tom is considerably younger than us, unfortunately. Yes. So Tom was born in 1986, all right? When I, the only time because he's an old soul and he had all older siblings and he views the world like an old man i love that about him now here you go okay when we talk a lot of times the 15 year age gap that we have or whatever it is is usually it's negligible you can barely tell but when i start talking about sporting events that occurred in 89 90 91 92 he's got no idea he's a little dicey a little dicey, a little dicey. Especially, especially probably college. I bet baseball he probably knows. Yeah, he'll right. know the history and certain right. names, certainly, especially if they were Mets because right. the Mets won in 86. But yeah, here you go. I'm going to do this for all of us out here. This, I love every year it's at this time that they announce the candidacy of these other players or the ballot. And I realize how old I am now because I can keep going back further and further and further and be like, I saw him play, saw him play, remember him. Watch this. I'm just going to name 10 at a time, and I know you're capable of saying, um, yeah, I saw every one of those guys play. You ready? Here we go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Flozell Adams, Michigan State. For yes? sure. Yeah, for sure. 1997, first team All-American, big team offensive lineman of the year. You remember Monty Ball, the running back out of Wisconsin? Yes, yes. Okay. You remember Eric Bieniemy at Colorado? Of course. You remember Justin Blackman, the wide receiver at Oklahoma State? I do, I do. You know, the other thing, real quick to interrupt you, but like somebody pointed out this, to me this morning, if you win the Heisman Trophy, you're not just like in. immediately in. Right? Right? <laughs> it's just crazy. Well, you got to be, you got to, we're going to have to, t- we're going to take a ballot to see whether or not a Heisman Trophy winner does, belongs in the College Football Hall of Fame. The first name on the list when the ballot came out today that I did not know was, and maybe you do, was Larry Burton. You know who Larry Burton is? No, I don't. Yeah, he was a, he was a, quote unquote split end that's how you know you got no shot my man was a split end in the 60s or 70s at purdue (laughs) early 70s he was a split end but (laughs) 
Yeah. That's me. That's brings me back to my old days and my, my uh, football trading cards. And you'd have some split ends back then. You, yeah. You're you like, who the hell? Ends. What is a split end? Everybody? <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah. So Rocky Kalmus, we remember OU, unfortunately. Uh, you remember Mark Carrier, Kajana Carter, Russell Carter, Matt Cavanaugh. Uh, maybe not Matt Cavanaugh. Dallas Clark, obviously. Marco Coleman, back when Georgia Tech was good. Georgia Probably Tech, the last right? time Georgia Tech was good. I think he might um, have been the – was he on the team when they won it all? Yes, he yeah. was on the team when they won it all. Uh, Tim Couch, Brad Culpepper. Uh, Brad, yeah. Brad Culpepper, Tallahassee Zone. I've said it before. He was the first college football player I ever interviewed when he was at Florida uh, yeah, in 1991. Uh, how'd that interview go? He didn't have a lot to say, but they, they had won. They had won. They had won at LSU, and I went and covered that game. So uh, he, he was uh, I was here to introduce Brad Culpepper at the uh, Tallahassee Quarterback Club after he had been on one of those stupid shows like Survivor or whatever it was. Like I think he won like Survivor or something like that. I believe it. He, he was very proud. Uh, and real quick, so think about that, though. Like They're not going to put two FSU guys in. The most you're going to get in is one. So if if – one of these guys goes in, Peter Warwick or Warwick Dunn gets in, and say a guy like Brad Culpepper gets in, that means one of them is not, and Brad Culpepper is going to get in. Or, or there's a bunch of other guys on that list. That I'm not saying that Dunn or Warwick are that much better than all those guys, but it's going to be annoying. To, it's going to be probably two more years before one of these other guys gets in. Yeah, I don't think they should do it that way. By the way, just for fun, and because I know you'll remember the name, but you probably have not thought of him since he last played. You ready? Mm -hmm. Vaughn Dunbar. Man, I barely remember that name. You remember Vaughn Dunbar, running back at Indiana, buddy, Dude, in 1991. I'm not, I'm not trying to watch Big Ten football in 1991, Jeff Cameron. Vaughn Dunbar was good. <laughs> I believe you, but man, I, yeah, I, I probably erased it from my memory. How, how what all did he do in the NFL? Vaughn, uh, you know, didn't do as much. Didn't, <laughs> didn't have as big a career. Hey, so I'm old in this way. You remember Willie Galt? Of course. Willie, well, that was 82 at Tennessee, by the way. Why is he still waiting to get in? Yeah. 1982, my man played at Tennessee. What are we doing? We remember him with the Bears forever, but come on. That's crazy. I don't – what specifically are the rules here? It is. It's it, it's the most maddening thing, and I think you're 100% right. I've never thought about the fact that it's just – there's just too many teams. I mean, it's almost like you they should have wings, like have a conference wings or something. Yes. And, and you can be selective, but it's ridiculous. If you got 100 college football teams – because even in those years – you know, think about the guys that like on even like average teams, like like whoever, Quentin Coriat or whoever. I mean, well, those guys nice were like great. Quentin Coriat. I'm not sure where that came. Just uh, he was yeah. a busted a bust uh, draft choice from the Indianapolis Colts when I like yeah. the Colts. But um, you know, I mean, even like some average teams or teams that didn't win national titles had incredible players that should be in, but are going to have to wait. 30 years. I mean, it's just a, it is a dumb process. I remember Kevin Hardy at Illinois mm. linebacker. See, you remember him. Pass he, rusher. He was a stud, but I mean, he's still waiting. That was like freaking <laughs> ages ago. What, what are we doing? Some of these dudes will be dead. Most of them are dead. And, when you, think of, and when you think about, uh, you know, CTE, you want them to remember that they played well at some point before they get in. Come That's, on guys. I, I don't Ooh. know that that needs to be one of the reasons <laughs> guys. None of these guys are going to remember this. We don't get them in now. There's anonymous calls. They're like, listen, I happen to live next door to so-and-so. He's drooling on himself these oh, days. Can you man. get this guy in the hall? My man literally <laughs> shuffles down the street at night. We have to bring him back home. Well, this then 
that's going to work against P-Dub and Warwick Dunn because they're in good shape. They're, they're in like, great shape. They're in great shape. They look like they could play today. So uh, Every time that I speak to Warwick, I'm like, man, that's awesome. He still looks great. Got that big old white beard. He does and have the beard. He's got the big white beard. It's the only thing that makes him look old because he's still ripped. Still yeah. looks like he can run. I don't know, and I said this earlier, Ira, I don't know of, of a player that, well, I do, but I, there are very few players who I can tell you assuredly that had he had any kind of a non-injured pro career would have been more well thought of than Peter Warwick. I think his pro career hurts him in the way that people remember him because just collegiately, I may not have seen a more spectacular player in the open field than Peter Warwick, and I mean that. The best one, there's not a lot of good things that happen on Twitter, but one of the best things that's ever happened on Twitter is every month or two, somebody, somebody puts out Peter Warwick's highlights. And what's just cool is you get like Chet Ocho Cinco or, oh, yeah. you know, the, all these players who played in the NFL who are always like, that's the guy. Like, that's the They all point to him as the greatest college football player they've ever seen. Yeah, it's it's rare. I mean, like I know I'm biased and I try to incorporate that in my thinking when I'm exalting a player's career, but I am capable certainly of saying, for example, I mean, I watched Wilbur Marshall play linebacker at Florida and he was one of the most menacing players I've ever seen play the game. And I had great admiration for the way he played the game. I can do it with our rivals. I can talk about what players were at Miami or what, you know, it, it doesn't matter. I swear, I don't know anybody that is a fan of any team. You can hate Florida State. You. Yeah. There's nobody I've ever talked to that wasn't in awe of Peter Warwick. Just, yeah. I mean, he was unreal. So the idea that that somebody, you know, these people in the College Football Hall of Fame balloting process are going to, I don't know if it's a written ballot or if it's electronic, but the idea that some they're going to sit there and some of those people may not pick him. I mean, it's like, you know, when Jeter didn't get in unanimously or something. Yeah, it's like, yeah. what, what, what are you looking for? What did he not do in the college game? There are things in here that I don't like, Ira, and it's, and we'll wrap it up on this. It's just a fun conversation between two old guys that love college football. But I, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you that I don't like the the clause or the, the the condition here in voting where they get to decide morally whether somebody was a good person in here. I, I saw that in there where they're like, there's a student athlete provision. There's something else about what you were um, in terms of they can consider your character because you know how this is going to get used. I mean, if we fast forward when it's time for Jameis Winston to go in, you know what they're going to do in this voting. And he's never been charged with a crime on that. That's a, that's what I'm telling you. It's, it's you, you could see how voters get. And I would just remove that from the equation unless somebody was convicted. Like, OK, fine. You, you, you want to exclude OJ from the Hall of Fame? Gotcha. But I mean, like, come on, for the most part. You got to let that go. Were they in were they all time great college players? That's it. That's all. Well, that's the thing. And the reality is so many of the, so much of the time the players played in terms of what media act exposure there was. I mean, if a guy played in the sixties or seventies of college football, yeah. Yeah. there's you wouldn't have known anything that was, that was happening about any of those guys. You know, and again, like Peter Warwick's thing was over. I mean, it was, you're talking about a hookup at a, at a store for hundreds of dollars. It yeah. was not a ridiculous, you know, offense. And then, like you said, Jameis's thing, he didn't, it was tried out in the public and the media, but it never went to a court case. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. I, I just, and I think to me in general, in general, you, it's, 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 if it's an athletic accomplishment, it's an athletic accomplishment. Just let it go. Yeah. By the way, I'm going to let you go to your TV. Now it's the bottom of the eighth. Stanford is still alive and they've got two on and nobody out, baby. Let's go. It could happen. 
tonight, six o'clock, the smash. That guy right there, he's going to be on it, talking it up. It'll be a good time. Special time tonight, six o'clock, Monday smash. Make sure you're tuned in, everybody. Be good, Ira. Good talking, baby. Thanks, Jeff. See you, man. Yeah, man. Uh, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Let's come back and find out if Stanford beat Oklahoma. Wouldn't that be cool? I'm going to rush to my TV now. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com. FSUHomeLoans.com. Still first and second with one out. We've got uh, fingers crossed here, buddy. Fingers crossed in the hopes that it will happen. Yeah, watch that right now. We'll see. That's a strikeout. That's a strikeout. There's two outs now. You probably need two wild pitches here to chase home the winning Yeah, run. Yeah, we just had a strikeout there. That's unfortunate. Uh, by the way, one last thing. Marvin Harrison is on the list to get into the Hall of Fame. One time, Marvin Harrison. One that is correct. Yes, I believe that there might be phone calls to the ballots, uh, those who control the ballots, and they just yeah. say, Marvin's getting in, yeah? Yeah, don't don't vote. Uh, hey, listen, guys, just in your best interest, let's vote Marvin Hen. First of all, he deserved it. Uh, he's really, really yes. good. He's all-time great. Nobody's ever deserved anything more than Marvin Harris deserves <laughs> anything he wants. Yeah. Whatever Marvin wants, he deserves. Absolutely. Uh, P. Simpson, I am rooting against uh, my beloved Sooners. I don't care anything about OU softball. Uh, never, never really have care. I think the, the, the relatives in my family that graduated from Oklahoma would forgive me if I rooted against their softball team. I, I, it'll be, it'll be all right. Uh, so, so it is, uh, we've got, uh, yeah, Stanford's going to squander this, aren't they? Hey, everybody, don't worry about Stanford squandering this opportunity. Instead, think about the fun your kids are going to have in the camps over the weekend, uh, or over the summer months, I should say at power mill sports. That's right. Youth camps. Offering up fun, providing instruction, fundamental skills, hitting, fielding, throwing, all of that good stuff. Plus, they have all these cool activities and games. You know, I, I, I'm a parent. I know what it's like. Your kids get bored over the summer. You're trying to think where to send them. Power mill, teaching your kids the fundamentals. Really bringing out the best in their games so that when they play in their respective leagues, whether it's softball or baseball, they're getting the most out of it. Power mill training academy, academy equipping athletes. Uh, who are focused in those genres of baseball and softball. Ball, ball, bat sports, kids. Ball, bat sports. It's time for probables, if you would. Let's cue it up. Let's make it happen. It's time for to that music how you button. say, with the pitching, uh, probables. Uh, we got Rays, Red Sox, Shane McClanahan. McClanahan! Ryan Bello. Uh, Tigers, Phillies. Joe Lynch, Aaron Nola, Royals, Marlins, Carlos Hernandez, Braxton Garrett, A's, Pirates, Pirates looking to keep it going, winners of five straight, J.P. Sears, Johan Aviedo, Astros, Blue Jays, Brandon Bleak, Alec Manoa, Brewers, Reds, Julio Tehran, Andrew Abbott, 
Cardinals, Rangers, Adam Wainwright, Martin Perez, Cubs, Padres, Kyle Hendricks, and Blake Snell. That is a look at those that shall reside on the bump. Yeah, they didn't. Uh, they didn't score. Stanford did not. I I fear that um, having two opportunities in the bottom of the seventh and again in the bottom of the eighth and not cashing it in, you are dying to get beat on like a three run bomb here coming up. At this point, it's uh, hey, you might as well just go twenty two innings and uh, see if Oklahoma could be a little bit exhausted in the first of the best of three because they got to spend some more arms. That, that's what I'm just hoping for at this point because. Winning now and then winning again when they have to start around the three o'clock hour. I don't know. I don't know. That just, uh, I don't know that Stanford's going to be on the base paths every inning against the mighty Oklahoma Sooners. Probably not. Yeah. And you're right to bring up the arms. The arms are the thing because the bottom line is um, you can't get too exhausted playing softball. Let's be honest. I mean, it's just, and, and I, and I say that about baseball players too. Now over the course of 162 game season, obviously you can get exhausted with all the travel, but I'm just talking about an individual game. This ain't football. You're not going to be tired. Let's go. You can play, you can play at noon. You can play again at four o'clock, play again at eight o'clock if you had to, but pitching. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Once again, I, I would expect, and I don't know if it's been announced yet or not, but I would expect that Lonnie would not start cat in this game. And then first sign of trouble, she would be in after an opener. Uh, I don't know that it would be McKenna Reed again. It might be somebody different. But I would think that you would try and save Cat for all the innings that you possibly need, especially if it does go to a game two. But if you can save some pitches on that arm for the best of three, I would just let Cat throw every pitch of the best of three if we can get that far. I like learning about the sport some, too, and the way that it's played now. I mean, I, I how they utilize pitchers, Lonnie in particular, is is a fascinating exercise and and kind of watching and I don't know enough. I mean, I know about a pitcher's arm in, in men's baseball. I don't know about a woman's arm. You watch them bring pitchers, they take them out, they put them back in the same game. It's all very, very fascinating. Hey, good work out of you. Good work, Director Matthew. Don't forget tonight, six o'clock, everybody. Uh the Monday Smash will get started. Be well, everybody. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Peace.